This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, first the headlines, then the guests. So what we'll be talking about today in no particular order. Miko Rantanen calls out a teammate's father last night after the avalanche of a comeback win against the Calgary Flames. More on that in a couple of moments. John Tavares reaches um, career point total 1,000, but his Maple Leafs lose in overtime to the Islanders. Yes, as was pointed out to me numerous times last night on Twitter, it is the very it is a very leaf thing to do. <laughs> what happened to John Tavares yesterday? Uh, suspension updates, as you know by now. Um, David Prawn's out for six games. Served one of them last night, so he's got five remaining. This for the uh, cross check to Artem Zub on Saturday. And his agent, Alan Walsh, just tweeted his way through it last night. The replies were as you would expect. And many came for just the replies. Um, Eric Branson with one game suspension for his attack on Nick Cousins as well. That's all the suspension news. Uh, to get to Red Wings head coach Derek Lalone saying Dylan Larkin out for at least a week uh, with the quote-unquote upper body injury. Uh, Larkin and Comfort on IR. Wings are in a bad way right now. And with Patrick Kane, they are 0 for 3. And things aren't getting any better. And they got doubled up by the uh, Dallas Stars last night. We'll talk about the Wings here coming up in a couple of moments. Remember yesterday when we thought as we went off the air that Jacob Verana was going on waivers? Well, that didn't happen. Although, according to Jeremy Rutherford, uh, who covers the St. Louis Blues, and quite proficiently, uh, Verana's camp was told in the morning by the St. Louis Blues that he was going to go on waivers. Does this mean that he is being traded? Are they close to making a move with Jacob Verana? Or eh, is he going on waivers today? We'll see. Uh, Ten games on the board around the NHL tonight, including Connor versus Connor, Bedard versus McDavid. We'll have our uh, have our eyeballs all over that one, um, and that's what we're looking at today, uh, and some various assorted other topics as well. Elliot Friedman stops by as he always does uh, to kick off the program in a couple of moments. Ian McIntyre from Sportsnet will stop by at the bottom of the hour. A really interesting piece. Now, I encourage you, perhaps most specifically, while Elliot is talking, uh, to go and have a read of, uh, of, uh, of Ian's one-on-one interview, a Q&A with Jim Rutherford, the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, Rutherford is complete. We all know this about Rutherford, whether it was time in Carolina, time in Pittsburgh, and now time in Vancouver. Um, it's impossible for Jim Rutherford not to tell you what is exactly on his mind when you ask him a question which is why he is always a very much in demand and b sometimes needs to be shut down by the organization <laughs> because sometimes he goes a little bit too far for comfort uh, for some people with the Vancouver Canucks previous the Pittsburgh Penguins and previous the Carolina Hurricanes anyhow uh, Ian stops by at the bottom of the hour uh, we'll talk to him about his one-on-one with Jim Rutherford and what that means for the Kuzmenkos and the Pedersons and the rest of the uh, the good ship Vancouver Canuck. Uh, Doug White stops by an hour or two. We will talk about John Tavares. Uh, we will talk about a number of things with uh, with Doug White. And Drew Remenda. Drew Remenda. Essentially, I wanted to have Drew on to answer one question. And we sort of hinted at it a little bit yesterday, but never got around to it. So much other things to, to go through yesterday. So many different topics to go through yesterday. I have one question. I have one question from uh, for, for Drew Remenda, analyst for the San Jose Sharks. Are the San Jose Sharks actually good? Or 
Are they, like, who are the San Jose Sharks? The team we've seen most recently who have surprised, and I know dining out on comebacks is not a good long-term strategy for the success of a team. Are they that squad, the one that is surprising and stunning teams around the NHL? Or is it the one we saw to start the season where it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too surprising to see them surrender, oh, I don't know, 10 goals in back-to-back games? Is that the San Jose Sharks, or is this the San Jose Sharks? And we'll talk to the uh, the finest dressed broadcaster in the entire NHL, the impeccable Drew Ramenda. 007 Drew Ramenda. Uh, and that's your program today. So there, there's a lot to get to. And as I mentioned, there's 10 games on the go tonight, and a couple of really interesting ones. Chicago and Edmonton is interesting because of the McDavid-Bedard factor. Uh, always curious about that clash. Um, but at the same time, the Edmonton Oilers have a seven-game rip that they're on ras- let's, uh, as we speak, and they'd like to continue that and extend it to eight. Thank you very much. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs coming off a loss last night in overtime to the New York Islanders. Uh, face off against the New York Rangers. No Keandre Miller for the Rangers in this one. He is out for personal reasons. Uh, Igor Shosturkin gets the start tonight for the Rangers. And if you have not had a chance to see the Rangers yet this season, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, they're really, really good and running away with the Metropolitan. And when all things click for the New York Rangers, it is a dynamic team to watch. Uh, Arizona Coyotes facing off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. This one is in Pittsburgh, the home of Logan Cooley. So it is Logan Cooley, as we try to personalize these matchups, folks. Logan Cooley first facing off against Sidney Crosby. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes look to end their losing streak as they face off against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Tampa and Vancouver, Winnipeg and San Jose standing by for a Kyle Connor uh, update. We'll bring that to you as it becomes obvious to us. In the meantime, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada joins me now. Hello, Fridge. How are you today? Hey, bud. How are you doing? Uh, I am well, and what I've been thinking about going back to yesterday is how to make, I mean, this is always, like, you, you learn in, in media, personalize the story, right? Take something from far away, and what does that mean for your market? Or in this case, what does it mean for your sports? And as we're all following the uh, Shohei Otani news from last night and gawking at the money that's deferred and how it's all going to work and what does this mean for MLB and what does it mean for the Dodgers and what does it mean for Otani's accountants, I'm trying to think, okay, what can I talk to Elliot about with regards to Otani? And I know that the NHL CBA doesn't allow this. We've seen uh, players whether it's Kovalchuk, whether it's Kiprasov, whether it's Zetterberg, whether it's whomever, you know, try to, you know, back-end deals. Um, Kovalchuk, you know, went a little bit too far, according to the NHL, and that one got shut down, and the New Jersey Devils ended up paying a price, although one of the big pieces got rescinded. So I was thinking, how can I personalize this for hockey? And the one thing that I'm coming back to is this. This is an instant way of creating a villain. This is the instant way of creating a heel team. Now, the Yankees have always been that team. Now, all of a sudden, the hate for the Los Angeles Dodgers is going to be intense. And as much as people look at the Otani situation and say that's bad for baseball, I actually think it's good because Mm -hmm. now a villain has been created. And if I'm... 
and I understand why they have the hard cap and why they do it, et cetera, et cetera, franchise value, and you see the the billions of dollars the NHL is raking in on a consistent basis. But I would love the New York Rangers to do this, to have that that one evil empire team or a couple of evil empire teams in the NHL just to create more interest and to create villains. Nobody wants to be the villain. Dodgers have no problem being the villain. Yankees have no problem being the villain. NHL needs more villain teams. Elliot, true or false? And did Otani make a villain out of the Dodgers last night? Well, I think villains are important, yes. Like, for a long time, the Yankees were the villain, right? And they were the evil empire. Um, First of all, it's allowed by the rules, so I don't see what the big deal is. Like, the first thing I thought of when I heard that his contract was structured this way was, was was there any reason it wouldn't be approved? And when the answer was no, then I was like, I don't know what anybody else is complaining about. Like, if they're allowed to do that, like, I'm still a person who believes the Vancouver Canucks were unfairly punished for that Luongo contract. I don't understand how that was allowed to happen. That contract was approved by the NHL. There's no way they should have had to pay any kind of recapture when Luongo retired. Totally agree. I don't totally agree. have a problem with this. And I'll also say this, like, like fans are fans. It's like the Islanders fans with Tavares last night. And I know the, the Blue Jays fans are upset about Otani because of the way everything went down last Friday. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like dating, right? If someone doesn't want to date you, you should look at it as their loss, that they didn't get a chance to date you and you shouldn't, you know, moan around for five days afterwards. It's just not my way. You know, they, they, they took a run. They, they didn't get him. He, yeah. he like it, Jeff the contract is all you need to know. The guy wanted to be a Dodger really badly. What else are you going to do? And yep. people can boo them. I got no problem with it. If that's the way you feel, but um, I have no problem with the contract because it's allowed under the rules. My only point in personalizing it to hockey was, like, I'm with you. Like, the rules allow this to happen. Like, okay, fill your boots. Is a little bit of yeah. a, you know, does it feel like a pig at the trough? Well, yeah, but that's fine. The rules allow a yeah. pig at the trough, so go for it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just, again, I'm just wanting something that's not there. And so maybe I'm the one that's moaning about, you know, something that can never come to fruition, um, given the, uh, the way the CBA is structured right now in the NHL. I just wish that there was the ability for a team in the NHL to flex financial muscle, the likes of which we just saw the Dodgers do yesterday, or as it was revealed yesterday, because ultimately I think it's really, really good for the leagues involved. I, 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 I agree with that. I, I agree with that. You need hate. For a league to be successful, you need teams that are hated. You know, I I do think sometimes if I was a Canadian team or a high-revenue team in this league, I'd be wondering, am I getting everything for being a high earner? uh, Am I getting all the benefits I should be getting in the NHL? Like, sometimes I do think that. Um, Yeah. You know, know, I've often wondered if there should be more incentive uh, or more reward 
for being a high-revenue team. Now, some people can simply say things like, well, your reward is when you sell your team or your reward is you look now what's happening in the NHL, like these teams are getting big valuations for the minority shares they're getting, right? So maybe that's your sole reward. But I know that there have been people inside the game who feel that there are some teams that have been constantly, are, are constant teams that don't raise enough revenue and simply exist on revenue sharing. And they have wondered if there should be more of a reward or more of an incentive of getting out of that. And I think that's a very fair question. Okay, um, to the NHL, a couple of things. Uh, the suspensions from yesterday, Eric Branson gets one game for the Nick Cousins attack and David Perron six uh, for yeah. the cross-check uh, to the head of Artem Zub. Um, we saw his agent tweeting his way through it last night. That might be, yeah. you know, chumming the waters for an appeal. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but Alan Walsh, you know, tweeted his way through it yesterday. And the replies, as I mentioned off the top of the show, were as you would expect. Uh, your yes. thoughts on, on both these numbers, six for Perron and one for Goodbranson? Um, I'm, I mean, look, like, Perron's going to appeal. Uh, it, it, that's pretty clear. Um, I think, basically, the NHL can now be prepared for that appeal based on everything that Walsh tweeted yesterday. Although I understand uh, some of that stuff came up in the hearing that they argued that mm-hmm. um, these were the kinds of penalties that had been given in the past. And they argued um, about Perron being, a, uh, you know, having no previous incidents and that that uh, mercy should be thrown on him. To be honest, Jeff, I actually thought that they would go for five games so that the only appeal would be Batman and they couldn't potentially go to the step of the independent arbitrator but they didn't do that. Mm. Um, so, but I, but I am expecting them to appeal it, and I think that announcement will likely be made today, unless so, unless something really changed that's coming. But you know, it's about what I expected. I, I thought it was going to be, um, you know, I've heard the Red Wings were expecting somewhere around four to six games. Um, it got on the high end. Uh, and I'm sure they're disappointed because Perron has no previous incidents, uh, and we'll see where the right. we'll see where the appeal takes us. Good Branson, again, one game was about what I expected. I think they wanted to send a message that you can't do that, even though I think a lot of people didn't really have a problem with it after what happened last week and those three games in a row where there were. Uh, big hits from behind, uh, two of which were penalized and one wasn't. But I do think they wanted to send a message that we just don't want that kind of frontier justice uh, all the time. You know, it's wild again, Jeff. There was another one last night with Tanev, although I thought oh, that yeah. one was a little. Yeah. It was. I thought that one was a little different. Um, Colton um, got him on the side as opposed to in the numbers. Like I like I understand why that was not called, but again, you know, if Tanev gets hurt, and I'm not sure he's going to play tonight in Vegas. Um, I don't necessarily think it's long term, but I don't know that he's going to play tonight. Um, but again, I, I thought that I don't know about you, but I thought that one wasn't as um, obvious as the other three 
because he came more, he got him more on the side than he did in the back. Yeah. Okay, so a couple of things there. One, Eric Francis saying that Chris Tanev will not play tonight uh, for the okay. Calgary Flames. And two, right. so mm-hmm. when when we recorded our podcast on Sunday though. evening. I don't, I don't think it's a long-term yeah. injury, though. Yeah. So uh, to, to Tanev, but he will not play tonight for the Calgary Flames. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to when we recorded our podcast on Sunday night, so I thought a lot about what you were saying about a crackdown. And my knee-jerk reaction was, you know, okay, so things happening in threes. I don't know that that's enough to see a trend. So I'm not sure that things are going to be called, you know, hysterically by officials. But I'll be honest with you. You kind of talked me into it. And so mm-hmm. I went into last night looking for it. And so I'm watching the Buffalo, Arizona, nothing. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. watching Toronto and the Islanders, nothing. I'm watching mm-hmm. Detroit and Dallas, nothing. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't going to be the, the audit night for hits from behind. And mm-hmm. I get to Calgary and Colorado, sure. and early, early, yeah. <laughs> we get Ross Colton and Chris Tanev. And my first thought when I saw it, because you can see the play about to happen, and you're like, yeah. okay, this is Ross Colton. He ain't pulling up. He's going for it. And my first thought is, look for the official. Look for the closest official and watch the arm go up. Because I, you had me talked into it, that they're going to do it. Even if it's close, even mm-hmm. if it's close, they're going to throw a minor just to remind everybody that, hey, we're paying attention to this. So I don't know about mm-hmm. you. Like, I, I understand, like, we can, we can split hairs on the hit, mm-hmm. and it was probably the right call. I just thought that that was going to be a reminder call. Even though it uh, eh, wouldn't have been the greatest hit from behind call, you had me convinced that they were going to just do the, we're going to calm everybody down. If it looks bad, we're calling it as if it is bad, Elliot. Mm-hmm. And once again, my year of terrible predictions continues. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see know, what happens tonight. There's, may, 10 the maybe, There's 10 on the board. Maybe the referees got a good look at it. because, But in real time, I was like, oh, man, how are they not calling that? Yeah. But when I saw the replay... It's. I mean, I mean, people can argue that it shouldn't matter if it's side or back, but I think it does matter. I don't think he got him directly from behind, and uh, I don't know. Um, I, I just like. I'm just at the point here where I'm just like, I hope nobody gets hurt worse than Dordine or Tana did. Yeah. Um, okay. So a couple of things about last night. Um, the John Tavares 1,000-point oh. reaction kind of went exactly as we expected, didn't it? That as much as you want to cross your fingers and say, you know, give the guy at least polite putt-for-par applause, uh, didn't happen. Uh, we know Islanders fans. I listen, and they feel burned, and they're upset. And again, we know Islanders fans. That was the reaction I thought would happen. They put up a congratulations on the board. That was a a classy touch by the organization. But the fans, Elliot, were having none of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was hilarious stuff, man. That I mean, basically, <laughs> the hockey gods decided you've all been nice people. We're going to give you something tonight. Um, it was it yeah. was a great game, really entertaining. Great finish with the Tavares goal in regulation and the Horvat overtime winner. Um, the fan reaction was hilarious. Um, yeah. like, it's just, and you're right, good on the Islanders for doing it. Uh, I'm sure whoever like programmed it in there 
was kind of had this sly smile on their face. Like, I can't wait to see this when it gets put up on the board. And when they press that button to put it on the screen, they were probably laughing. Um, and, and, you know, we got the reaction. We've done we that wanted. with tweets. We, yeah. We've done that with tweets, Elliot. Like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. Boom, send. Launching a thousand think pieces on are the Islanders fans right or wrong for the way they react to this? Um, yep. You know, and then and then and then the I mean, it was it was it was a wild game. Like you know, and then it turns into this big referendum on the reaction of the parents, right? So I mean, everything that could have happened in that minute uh, happened. Yeah. It was it was fantastic theater. It it really really was fantastic theater. Um, real quick, 0-3 so far again with Patrick Kane in the lineup. I don't think that's a direct correlation. I mean, the Detroit Red Wings are, no. are in a tough spot right now, but and things aren't getting any better, uh, whether it's, you know, Larkin and Comfer and Perron is suspended, no Klim Kostin in there last night for Detroit uh, as well, mm-hmm. and they get doubled up by the Dallas Stars, um, and they're right back, you know, uh, right back to action tonight. Do you have a thought on, on the Detroit Red Wings right now who, you know, coming back from Stockholm, they were the darlings of the league. They could do yeah. no wrong. Um, I don't want to pin everything on James Reimer last night, but uh, oof, mm-hmm. I well, that, that wasn't the, one thing uh, I was the best of all possible I showing. That. I have to say that's the thing I was wondering watching that is are are the Red Wings going to be forced into a decision here with Reimer? Um, you know, I mean, look, like this is a year where they want to make the playoffs. They were headed in that yeah. direction, as you were saying. Now they've hit a speed bump. Um, Lyon has played really well. Uh, Uso has been up and down, but he's kind of their guy. I, when I was watching that game last night, I was kind of wondering if there was any chance that, you know, he might get sent down or something. And, you know, we'll see my, where my, it all goes, but I, I wondered it. I, I was going to say, yeah, after the Lindell goal, which is with, you know, 0.2 seconds remaining in the period and a goal that eh, really, really can't go in. My my first thought is, you know, is Derek Lalone just going to hand this whole thing, as bizarre as it may sound, is he just going to hand this whole thing to Alex Lyon and say, it's yours, go. It's yours, that, that Well, especially now with your roster thin, right? You you have to get, you, you have yeah. to try to put yourself in position, give yourself the best chance, give yourself the best chance to succeed. And, and line, and if you're ranking them one, two, three right now, it's line. You so rhymer. Um, like if like I got, I got to tell you, like if I was a player right now on the red wings, I'd be thinking that I would be thinking, you know, yeah. Hey, like we're shorthanded right now. We need our best goalie. Uh, well, a couple of more things here. And uh, Ian McIntyre is going to stop by at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about his one-on-one yeah. with, uh, with Jim Rutherford. But how did you see, like, last night's Calgary-Colorado game was real interesting. Like, some some really marvelous play um, on both sides. Man, Connor Zary, like, every time he plays, I'm just really like, good. so good. I'm just so happy for the Calgary Flames. And, uh, again, he's just fantastic, uh, fantastic for the Flames last night. And then, you know, they're up 5-3 to three going into the third period against an explosive team like the Colorado Avalanche, and the Avalanche explode. And Nathan McKinnon is doing what Nathan McKinnon does. Um, and at the end of the game, um, Miko Rantanen, 
takes a shot at Arturi Lekkonen's father, who is a commentator in Finland, a hockey commentator. And, you know, this is from Peter's ba- Peter Baugh's piece. Um, and Rantanen talks about how, you know, this is uh, Lekkonen's uh, uh, father was taking shots at him about his off-season training. Uh, and this is what Lekkonen said. This is his father, um, uh, not Arturi Lekkonen. This is Ismo Lekkonen. Quote, yeah. he didn't have a very good summer. There was a lot happening, many events of all kinds. He had to visit Helsinki and everything like that. Perhaps he consciously took the summer a little more calmly after the hard years, and maybe he didn't practice as much as in previous summers. So that's what Lekkonen's father, again, a hockey commentator in Finland, said about Mikko Rantanen. And afterwards, uh, Rantanen used some salty language, Elliot, as we call it in the business, and took direct aim at uh, at, Lekin, at Arturi Lekkonen's dad. How'd you see that one? Very NBA night last night in the NHL. That's what I saw, um, <laughs> which is which I think yeah. is a good thing. Between the Islander stuff and that, I mean, that was a wowser of an answer. And and Rantman, oh, yeah. from what I understand, he made sure everybody wanted that out there. Um, he wanted that opinion heard loud and wide. Uh, you know, what number one, you know, good for him. Um, you know, you, you should be a proud guy as an athlete, uh, or, uh, like yeah. a, a, you should, when, when you're at the high level of your field, like Rantanen is, you know, you, you really work for it and you really grind for it. And I don't like, I think about stuff like this all the time. Um, is that like, what am I going to say that somebody's really going to be upset at? And I'm going to be the one who's going to be on the receiving end of this. And it happens from time to time. It's an occupational hazard. Um, uh, I'm not sure uh, Ismo Lekkonen kind of realized that was going to happen. But clearly, you never know what you say that's going to set someone off. And that clearly did. Um, I, I bet you that Craig Conroy and the Flames wish that Lekkonen would have held that quote for a day or two so they didn't have to deal with it. It was a real shame for Calgary. I, I thought they played really hard. Um, you know, I, they, they lose Tanev on the first shift, and you're down to 5D against that team. Like, the guy to me who I thought yeah. really had a good night was Dennis Gilbert. I, I thought he played one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Uh, but, they, they, you know, you're up 5-3 in the third period, and you just you run out of steam, and that's that's a really that's a really really tough loss for the Flames. They, you you think I think a lot of us would feel they deserve a better fate. They don't even get a point out of it, and now you're going on a back to back into Vegas, which is just a buzzsaw. Like that's 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 yeah. a really really tough loss. But you know, I, the, my reaction to that thing, Jeff, is that I all I think about that all the time. Every time I open up my mouth. Is this going to be the one that gets <laughs> someone just carving yeah. me, whether to my face or to the media? Well, you know what, though, Elliot? Um, it's like Fred Shiro once told Dave Schultz. If you don't like criticism, say nothing, do nothing, yeah. be nothing. Yeah. Or the pet 100%. phrase that I always like to use, and that is, 
Dogs don't bark at parked cars, Elliot. Dogs yep. don't bark at parked cars. Um, okay, one more thing. Um, Buffalo Sabres last night against the Arizona Coyotes. Michael Carcone, by the way, scores again. That's his 14th. Um, holy yep. smokes. Um, but the Buffalo Sabres win this one, and front center is the third line. Now, Peyton Krebs scores, uh, finally. Kyle Poso with three points, and Eric Robinson as well with three points. And I, I single out that line specifically because they were outstanding. Devin Levi was great too, by the way. But that third line, like when you announced the uh, that uh, that Eric Robinson was being traded from Columbus to Buffalo, you said it made sense, which I think is maybe the understatement so far of the season because not only does it make sense, but it's completely changed that line to the point where I don't know how Gergensen's is going to get back in. Um, that Poso robinson krebs line, outstanding for the Sabres last night. And, you know, outside of Justin Barron, uh, who's not loving Eric Robinson right now with the Buffalo Sabres? Uh, you know, I think it was a... Uh, that's why I thought it was a good fit for him. Like, Eric Robinson was, like, lost his spot in Columbus just because of all the changes they made. But that's a guy who had yeah. 22 goals the last two seasons. Like, he's he's an NHL player. And that's why I thought it made a lot of sense for both teams because he's making over a million a year and Columbus doesn't want to pay that in the American Hockey League and and Buffalo could use him. So, like, to me, it was a trade I thought that was really good for the Sabres. And so far, I mean, maybe that's one prediction that turns right for me this year. Um, the guy who made <laughs> me a little nervous last night uh, was Vimelka. Yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't yeah. played a lot. Uh, Tournier told Todd Walsh the other day that he hasn't practiced a lot. Um, I think there's been some teams looking around at him. And uh, I have to say that uh, I, I that was a rough one for him last night. So we're I'm going to see how this one plays out because um, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some teams that were curious to see how Vimelka looked yesterday. Unfortunately, he didn't yeah. look great. We'll see where that one goes. Uh, okay, great stuff today. Um, you got one prediction, right? So far, you're right. Eric Robinson looks fantastic so far with the uh, with the Buffalo Sabres. So build momentum off that one, Elliot, and you know, tweet your way through it, as we like to say. Uh, I will enjoy try the games tonight. Ten of them to choose from. I, I know it's a writing night for you, so we'll talk to you on Thursday. You be good. All right, you too. Take care.